Blog Talk Radio. The headlights are a cut in the fog on a midnight highway. And 18 wheels are a driving through the dawn. There's a Blue Ridge Mountain sunrise filling the mirror. Ashtrays full, the coffee's almost gone And the trucker's heading west to Colorado Passing the miles with his friends on the CB coast And tonight the truck stops somewhere out in nowhere And tomorrow's the wind and the open road regularly scheduled, but Blog Talk Radio did away with the regular scheduling, uh, so we can't we can't schedule our shows in advance. We have to we can only show, uh, schedule one show in advance every week. So um, it's not regularly scheduled, but we try and be here at six o'clock on Sunday afternoon Eastern time. Anyway, welcome to the show, folks. And I see Lou is here. Hi, Lou. Hey, Pete. Okay, Lou is How's here. It? Huh? I was just going to say, how's the weather over there? Sunny in Denver. You know, the last time I was in Denver, folks, there was snow on the ground. I had been out over two months on this uh, on this trip, mainly uh, running the southeast. I did a little uh, little Midwest the first month, and then the second month I was down in uh, down in, in southeast in Florida and Georgia and all that. And of course, the second month. I caught some intestinal bug, and that lasted until this past Thursday and Friday. So I'm just getting over that bug, so bear with me. And uh, it's it's been a rough month, I'll tell you. Uh, it's not fun being when you're out on the road. Anyway, like the song says, not only am I heading to Colorado, but I am in Colorado. I am back home in Denver, folks. You know, break out the bubbly. Here we are. And if I felt any better, I'd probably go out and party or some stuff. But I'm I'm just tired out. I'm worn out from two months on the road. I'm worn out from, uh, you know, from this intestinal bug that I caught and all that. So, uh, basically, I have just been hanging around the South Brothers truck stop, uh, eating and sleeping, and that's about it. You know, that's, uh, that's the extent of my weekend so far. But anyway, Lou, it is, uh, we get afternoon thunderstorms that come in off the mountains. And uh, we can get some heavy rain out of it and tornadoes and all that. It's typical summer in uh, in Colorado. It was in the high 80s yesterday, and it's supposed to be uh, low 90s today. And then, of course, being up here in the higher altitude, once the sun goes down, It'll drop down to 50, 60 degrees at night up there. So it's it's comfortable. I can shut the truck off. I can sleep. And it's nice and peaceful. And it's cool. Um, we get a 30 or 40 degree drop, drop in temperature. We within about two hours after, uh, after sunset. So that's what our weather is like now. Um, you guys are getting thunderstorms, I see, right? Yep. Rained all the way home. Actually, it's not a heavy downpour rain like you know we get. Today was this was a little more easier. I don't know what it did earlier in the day because, of course, I've been gone since about uh, a little before 10 this morning because I worked today. Had a couple of errands on my way in to take care of. Um, 
it did come down pretty hard at the store, but that's like almost 40 miles from where I live, so it's hard to gauge between the two. Yeah. So, to, and, of course, I haven't really had a chance to talk to anybody here to see how it was here, if it came down heavy or not. I do know it looks like I'm not going to have to water all those plants again today, which is a good thing. Yeah, I'll save you, save your water. Yeah, I'm I'm recouping water with all this rain, and I'm thankful I'm getting the rain. I'm just, you know, as much as we may complain about it, we really do need more because at this time of year, there's a couple of ranches in the areas that I drive a lot. There are a couple of ranches that have, um, like a little gully dug and it's it's like a a little a little big a big little pond and you've got a trail where you know it goes for a while so that you can really collect a lot of water so that there's water for the horses you know it doesn't need to be the whole thing doesn't need to be underwater but there needs to be water in that pond and in the the creek that goes up to that pond and there's not. Even with all the well, rain that we have had over the last two months, there still is hardly any water in that area. So we really do need more more rain. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, um, you know, the western, all of us in the western United States are going through a prolonged drought period. Um, even out here in Colorado, of course, uh, in Colorado from Denver East is considered a semi-arid desert, so we need every drop of moisture we can get out here, folks. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I've been reading some interesting things about California and their drought, and they're mm-hmm. saying that uh, even even with uh, with a favorable uh, El Nino, there's going to be more moisture over the winter. Uh, this next one is projected to be cooler and wetter, but it is still not going to be enough to take care of Southern California. Uh, the way California is situated, they figure everything, everything north, like the Central Valley, San Joaquin Valley, Sacramento, San Francisco, they call that all Northern California. Um, right around Bakersfield and Fresno is Central California, and then after that is uh, is considered northern. Southern California has always been a desert. The central and San Joaquin Valley is uh, is a desert that's been irrigated over the years. But the only place they get any moisture is right along the coast there by San Francisco. And um, even San Francisco's having problems with uh, with the drought. And uh, even with uh, with and a favorable El Nino, putting moisture back into the California area, it's still not going to be enough. And it was kind of interesting, you know, we're going through a drought here in Colorado. And I heard on uh, NPR the other day, they were talking to some of the farm workers up around Bakersfield in Fresno, California, and they were saying that the drought's so bad that they were going to move to Colorado because there's there's farm work in Colorado. Well, they don't realize we're going through a drought too. There's yes, there's farm work there, but that's not gonna last. You know, California basically supplies most of the fresh produce for uh, for the rest of the country and they just don't have the water. Um, just this last week or so, Tom Selleck, the uh, the actor, was um chastised for allegedly stealing water from fire hydrants and taking it up to his avocado lake. Well, anyway, come to find out the other day that Tom Selleck actually bought and paid for that water. But this is what's happening out in California. People are stealing water from other people in order to, uh, to do their irrigation. And the water is just simply vanishing. It's gone. It's not being replenished. So they're having a lot of problems in California. Uh, all of the western states are having a drought, uh, a drought period right now. And that's the way it is. We live out in the arid west. This is, um, you know, basically west of uh, the line of Kansas. Everything west of there is, uh, 
this high desert. Um, and it's been like that for centuries. Anyway, any moisture that we get is welcome. That's for sure. Um, Lou, today's show, I was going to talk a little bit about this Confederate flag controversy. In recent weeks, there has been a concerted effort to remove the Confederate flag, like from the state grounds in uh, South Carolina and uh, Columbia, South Carolina. They took the, the Confederate flag down from a uh, from a Confederate memorial on the state grounds. There's been an effort by several groups to uh, basically remove the Confederate flag from being able to be flown anywhere in the country, public or private land. Um, there are even some people who are talking about if you if you fly the Confederate flag or you play the song Dixie, you should be arrested. The song Dixie and the Confederate flag should be a federal hate crime. Now, you know, folks, I think that's going way above and beyond. Uh, also, and this really irks me, uh, the federal government just issued an order the other day that Confederate flags are not to be shown, flown in national cemeteries. Now, where my parents are buried at a national cemetery in Illinois, there used to be, in fact, I believe it was at one time, it was a prisoner of war camp, Civil War, and there are a lot of Confederate soldiers. There's a whole section there in the, uh, in the cemetery for the Confederate soldiers. And um, they do, you know, when they have Memorial Day, they do put the uh, Confederate flag out in front of each, uh, each grave of the Confederate soldiers. Anyway, they just, uh, they just made that illegal the other day. They can have a Confederate section, but you can't have a Confederate flag in the Confederate section. I really... I'm, I'm really against that, folks. You know, now, in some places, and here in Colorado, I know down in southeast Colorado, there is a cemetery out by um, Grenada, Colorado, and we have uh, a detention camp out there for Japanese-American citizens. We also had a prisoner of believe it was down in the San Luis Valley, which is uh, South Central Colorado. Um, now, I can understand not putting out the Japanese imperial flag or the Nazi flag at the graves of those people. I can understand that. And I know that it sounds hypocritical that I'm making a distinction here, folks. But I think the Confederate flag should be shown at the Confederate gravesite. Confederate memorials, if they're on private property, that's private property. They're allowed to do what they want as far as I'm concerned. The whole thing is everybody's looking at the Confederate flag, and nobody's talking about the individual that started this whole mess. This uh, Dylan Roof or Dylan Ruff down in Charleston, South Carolina, that killed nine black parishioners at a uh, at a church. They're saying that because his Facebook page showed him with a Confederate flag that he was a racist and we should stand the Confederate flag because that's what spurred him to kill these nine people. Now, the whole idea of somebody threw an elaborate mass murder simply because of the Confederate flag, I don't believe that for instance. There was more motivation to this kid than a flag. But nobody's talking about this moron that killed these people. Everybody's talking about the damn flag. Um, up in Michigan, there is a group that is affiliated with Al Sharpton, the National Action Network that have chapters all over the state. The Michigan chapter president of, uh, of that organization is demanding that the Confederate flag become, uh, come down from uh, Michigan State property. The way Sharpton and their groups work. You either do what we say or you pay us. You know, it's like you pay us a fine or you do what we say. 
and preferably they would prefer both. Uh, that's basically what Sharpton and crew are into. They're into collective money. They don't care about right and wrong. But they're, they're into um, basically strong-arming uh, anybody they can find with a dollar. And anyway, let's stop it at this point right here. Um, Lou, do you have anything to say about what is going on to this point, and then we'll continue? I think I'm just going to blanket it in one very simple statement. I wish they would leave history alone and get on with life, period. Why are they trying to wipe out our history? It's there. It's done. It's over with. But it is our history. It's what we came up through. It's what we did, how we've evolved and what we've accomplished since then. What is wrong with any of it? Leave it alone. All I want to say. Okay. Well, speaking of history and rebel flags, you know, we fly a modified version of a rebel flag every day. 1776, we rebelled against our government. And we created the Stars and Stripes, the American flag. Well, that's a rebel flag, isn't it, Lou? Yes, it is. It's a rebel flag against England. Yep. But nobody has a problem with that, except, you know, we do have people that from time to time, you know, burn the flag or or whatever. Um, They need to go back home. They don't need to be here. Yeah, there's, there's... there's there's kind of a nasty picture circulating a couple of black people um flag and, and they think they're they're being cute, you know. But anyway, um that's that's basically where we're at is, is you know, people are trying to get the Confederate flag down from all of these places. Um Walmart there was an order for class rent down at a Walmart in Texas, I believe. Part of the logo on the class ring, part of the logo of the school included a Confederate flag on the side of the ring. Walmart decided they would not honor the orders for those rings, and they destroyed them instead. I think that's going a little too far. Two-thirds of what's going on right now is going a little too far, seriously. Yeah. So, you know, Walmart's been attacked on this, Um, eBay, Amazon, um, who else am I thinking of? There's a couple of online online stores that will no longer handle uh, Confederate-themed merchandise promoting the show. Nobody has thought, nobody's even mentioned this, and this is the grand prize of of rewriting history, folks. I posted a tweet. I posted it a couple of times. And it says, I'm taking my family to Six Flags because Five Flags sounds... Taking my family to Six Flags because Five Flags sounds stupid. You know, Lou, nobody's gone after Six Flags yet. Mm-hmm. Six six flags annual revenue is over one billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, let me look. I pulled it up. I pulled it up there just a minute ago. Um, it says in two thousand and nine, six flag properties hosted twenty three million guests. Uh-huh. It's uh, revenue for 2014 was $1.1 $1. $1. $1 billion. Okay, six flags. The name refers to the flags of the Sixth of America and the Confederate States of America. The original park, and still is, was and still is split into separate regions such as the Spain and Mexico 
uh, subject. But Six Flags derives its name from six different flags, one of which is a Confederate flag. Which of the Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, D. Ray McKesson uh, group of race hustlers is going to go after six flags and say, you can no longer make $1 billion a year revenue off of the Confederate flag. You have to do away with the Confederate flag and you have to change your name to five flags. Which one of those race hustlers is going to try this? None of them. <laughs> Nobody's thought of this but me, though. Nobody's going to mess with it because Texas is one of the uh, few places you can still get anything with a Confederate logo or a flag. It's telling me that he was looking online for Confederate flags, and practically every website that he saw said, sorry, out of stock. It's, uh, he said there was one that said, due to high demand, we are temporarily out of stock. That was probably in Texas. Yeah, and um, the Walmart down there that um, that destroyed the class ranks, uh, apparently yesterday or Friday or Saturday, there was a group of over 400 people showed up in their parking lot flying Confederate flags. Awesome. Okay, Walmart, Walmart's a big deal. They're not going to be selling Confederate merchandise. They've already put out the, the, the word um, that you can't go in there to the Zippo lighter display and buy a Confederate team, Confederate flag Zippo. And that's practically everything that they ever had, you know. Um, mm-hmm. They had very, very little in the way of Confederate flag themed merchandise. Mm-hmm. You would occasionally see it, you know, a Zippo lighter with the Confederate flag. Uh, but that was about it. Or maybe, you know, a big disposable or something. Um, but they didn't sell flags and T-shirts and stuff like that. Anyway, nobody's going after six flags. Nobody's mentioned it except me that I know of. But imagine what a victory for civil rights in America that would be if we could get six flags to change their name down to five flags. Mm. Think of the backlash on that one, folks. You know, it's pretty interesting, Lou. I go into Twitter and I do a Twitter search. I will see, you know, people saying that they're going to six flags this weekend and how happy they are and all that, right? Mm-hmm. I notice, I notice that a large number of those people if they have a picture on their Twitter, it's usually a young African-American teenager. Mm-hmm. They don't have a problem visiting Six Flags, yet Six Flags is apparently racist because they are Six Flags and not five. They have an, op- they have an annual revenue of over $1 billion a year. How come Al Sharpton isn't down on it? Because he would love to have a chunk of their money. Kind of interesting that nobody's gone after Six Flags. You know, we're too busy trying to take Confederate flags down around the country. And and a lot of people have posted, especially on Twitter and Facebook, I've noticed, a lot of people have posted, now that the Confederate racism is over, right? <laughs> we We have ended racism in America simply by taking down a piece of cloth. It's yes, over. and banning a banning a fantastic movie and things of that nature. Really, really smart. Can you imagine Lou making the the, the series, you know, the movie Gettysburg? Can you imagine making that movie and on the Confederate side, they have... I mean, come on, folks, how stupid would that look? It would be the right. United States Army against somebody. Against no open air. No, no, no Confederate battle flags. No, um, 
no regimental flags, no unit flags, no guidelines, no nothing. No piece of cloth on a stick on the Confederate side. And because of the fact that being a Civil War reenactor on the Confederate side is also racist, that means all of the Civil War reenactors on the Confederate side cannot wear their uniforms. That's right. Oh, and, and they're going to have to quit reenacting, you know, because well, yeah, that's they're have to, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's really bad. Reenacting without the uniform isn't reenacting. It's just standing around in an open field. Yeah, really. Yeah. Just a group of guys in shorts and, and Hawaiian shirts. Going to look real cute, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. You know, that's what I don't understand is morons. <laughs> is that they don't understand that, the, that, you know, documentaries like Gettysburg and all that, those were not professional actors. They did not have thousands of professional actors, folks. These were all people on both sides of the conflict. These were normal Americans who participate in reenactment activity. Right. You know, so if your friend down the street dresses up like the like a Confederate soldier and goes off on Saturday and, and reenacts. Just think about film Gettysburg. Where do you think they come from, folks? They come from down your street. They are your neighbors who happen to have a hobby of reenactment. And some of them are on the Confederate side and some of them are on the Union side. That's correct. And they might even have a couple of French or German troops because, you know, it wasn't just Americans that fought in the Civil War. I mean, we can is, we can go we can go further into history and, and and start with the you know start with the Indians and really ruin all of it. Yeah. I mean, they've already tried the majority of. I mean, they started with the new stuff and they're working their way back. Where are they going to stop? Are they going to stop with the Indians? Well, let's because remember, they were yeah. here first. Yes, in, in the Indian versus the Western European conflict, mm-hmm. um, we were we were in the wrong. We were the we were the ones that took over somebody else's land, folks. A lot of it, not just some of it. We took over a lot of their land. <laughs> I mean, I'm you know I, I am just north of the city limits of, of Denver. And this used to be, um, I believe this was the Ute, uh, Northern Ute tribe area. And then not too far east, and anybody that knows anything about Western history has heard of the Sand Creek Massacre. That was probably about 80 or 90 miles east of here, and that was uh, Colonel Shittington from Denver, who was with a Denver militia group decided that he was going to take this militia out to Sand Creek to massacre a bunch of Native Americans. That was the Sand Creek massacre. Yeah, Lee's right. You know, we took over their land. We invaded this country. This used to be other sovereign nations. They weren't sovereign nations in the Western European aspect with ambassadors to London and Paris and all that, no. But they were nations nevertheless. And we were the ones that were in the wrong when we came and subdued them and took over their lands for the United States of America. You know, that's the history of mankind, is is conquest and defeat. That's how every nation has come about, one way or the other. There have been relatively few births of new nations that were peaceful. Relatively few. I mean, look at, you know, we're doing a lot of business now with Cuba. Cuba was a, was a nation after the Spanish. Cuba was a separate country, you know, an independent nation that had a revolution and the Castro took over. 
and we're doing business with people who overthrew their government. We're doing business with the rebels, Lou. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah. <coughs> now, in recent times, in, in recent times, I know, and, and I can point to uh, the reunification of West and East Germany. That was, East Germany was split off from, from the rest of the nation after the Second World War and became the nation of East Germany. And then after the fall of communism, um, East Germany, uh, you know, basically decided to go back in to West Germany and become a unified Germany again. So that was a peaceful transition, relatively peaceful. But other than that, most new nations, somebody rebels against somebody or somebody invades somebody. But it is generally not a peaceful transition. Uh, a lot of the African nations. Mm-hmm. We had colonial Africa where, where, you know, Belgium, France, and everybody owned, um, you know, you had like the Belgian Congo. Now it's the Congolese Republic. There were, um, you know, there was a lot of people killed in those conflicts. The rebels all took over those countries. Well, nobody banned the Cuban the, the Cuban flag, though. You know, the new one, the one that that Castro has. Mm-hmm. But that's a rebel flag. Anyway, I think you're missing the point. Racism isn't a flag. Racism can be words. Racism is in the heart. Racism is mm-hmm. in the mind. You know, if you teach your children to be racist, to respect everybody, regardless of color, tell your kids that skin color doesn't matter. Don't pay them any... You know, your little kid comes in and says, hey, I saw a black kid today. Look that kid in the eye and say, you know what, go play with that kid because skin color doesn't matter. And never bring it up to the kid. Let the kid forget about the skin color and learn about the person. Teach them. That is a human being, just like you. And don't worry about the skin color. And it'll fall by the wayside because if you don't bring it up, the kid will forget it. And that's exactly what you want them to do. You want them to forget the skin color and remember the child. Don't make a big deal about it. Just leave it alone. Let it go. You know, when the kid comes in a week later, hey, did you have fun fun with, uh, you know, with Johnny or Bobby or, or Ellen or whoever? Ask the kid. Don't say, did you have fun with that little black child? Use the kid's name. Don't mention the color because it will lose importance in your child's mind. And that's the way you want to raise your kids, where skin color has no importance in their mind. They don't think about it. They think about having fun with their friends, you know, Bobby or Ellen or whatever. Right, Lou? Yeah. Not out on the street, but racism is in your home. And you can either teach it or you can ignore it. That's up to you. But you got to teach your kids. Teach the next generation that skin color doesn't care. And let them teach the next generation and so on and so on. And maybe... We can breed it out of society. We're not going to be able to breed racism totally out of society. There will be racists forever. But we can lessen their numbers. And we don't do it by taking a flag down. We do it by taking barriers down. When you mention that a kid next door is black, you've put up a barrier to your child. Because they don't know what you're talking about. Is it something to be afraid of? They don't know. They're just children. You're the one that's going to teach them what that blackness means. 
but if you ignore the blackness and just treat the kid as a kid, your kid is going to treat the kid as a kid, as a friend. Now, I grew up in the military community. I had black and white friends all my life. And I'm saying that so that you understand where I'm coming from. I am not singling out any particular black and white friend. You know, some people I like more than others, and the skin color didn't mean a damn thing to me. It was whether they were, you know, a worker or a wingnut. I I dated women of color really didn't mean a damn thing to me. It was the individual and how I cared for them and how they cared for me. That's what mattered. You know, and I see this, one of my friends posts this every once in a while. It says, if you've got a friend who says he married a stupid wife, think about the person she married. I'm working on it. Ah. Well, if the guy says he, he has a stupid wife, and wasn't he stupid for marrying her in the first place? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Racism starts at home, it can end at home. You don't need to go out and pull a flag down and end racism in America. And if that was possible, I would be all in favor of pulling the Confederate flag down and, and making it illegal. If you can prove to me that that, that that action would end racism in America, I would be for it. But, you know, I have better than a third-grade education here, folks. I know that's just not going to happen. Removing the symbols is not going to make racism go away. And anybody who thinks it will is delusional. Plain and simple. You're simply delusional. You know, I pointed out earlier, I said in the Crosby Stills National Young song, it says, teach your children well. Mm-hmm. Four words. Four words could change society more than pulling down a piece of cloth. Teach your children well. You know, I have been throughout this country over the past 40 years driving a truck. And over the years, I've noticed that the whole racism thing has been slowly going away. Mm-hmm. Cover on the front of the radiators, I don't see that part being anymore. Um, there used to be a lot of hate, hate and discontent on the CB. People would call people names and all that. And I don't hear that anymore. It's going away. And not only is it going away in the trucking industry, but it's going away in in general because I see the neighborhoods as I drive by. You know, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, you could drive by a subdivision out in Atlanta and you'd see three or four Confederate flags flying. You don't see that anymore. People are evolving away from that. And it's society in general that's making that evolution. It's not being mandated by race hustlers like Sharpton and the rest of them. It's being done by ordinary people who say, you know what, I'm just not that interested in being a racist. Over the past years, there have been more um, black and white neighborhoods. You know, there is not the segregation in housing that we've had years ago. So you have black and white neighbors. I mean, you you may have enough. When I was living over in Green in Green Valley Ranch, I had a I had a Vietnamese neighbor to my right, and I had a black neighbor across the street, and everybody knew everybody and said hi. And and we didn't have that kind of problem, you know. There wasn't that division. You go around, and especially Green Valley Ranch. I mean, you go in there, and that is. It's such a mixed neighborhood that nobody knows how to even classify it anymore because we don't need to be classified. 
I don't want to live in a black neighborhood. I don't want to live in a white neighborhood. I want to live in a neighborhood where I get along with the people next door, whoever they may be. You know, come on now, folks. Uh, you can either have a decent black neighbor or a dumbass white neighbor. And if you're a racist, you would choose the dumbass white neighbor. Well, you know what? Your dumbass white neighbor has a dumbass white neighbor. Think about that one for a minute. So anyway, Lou, I've, I've seen it going away. You know, it's it's less and less nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah, I agree. I've seen it going away also. Okay, just, go ahead. I'll give you a, give you a couple of minutes here. I'm going to put myself on mute for a minute. <laughs> I said I've um, been watching it go away also. I mean, you see it a lot more intermingling now than you ever did before. And you see a lot more of it in the South than I ever thought would ever happen, truthfully. Because being the age that I am, I remember when, um, you know, the guys would come back from overseas married to uh, German girls, the black guys married to German girls, and there were particular states they were not allowed to be stationed in in fear of their life, southern states, because it was on the state law books that you could not have an interracial marriage. But now all of that has gone by the wayside and it's not just military, it's civilian as well, because there's really not that many military people anymore with all the bases and everything they're closing. But most people, particularly in the South, most people are getting along a lot better than they ever did before. And it, you know, story I've told you more than once where I got into trouble at my grandmother's house when I was a teenager visiting high school with my cousin and they kept wanting me to give my opinion on Little Rock and everything that was going on and I didn't want to because I knew they would have a problem with my answer and it was a truthful answer having lived in the southern states for as many years as I had and that was, you know, if you people in the north would mind your own dadgum business and leave well enough alone, none of this would be taking place. So go home and stay there. You take care of you and your stuff. Mind your own business. And that's what I want to say to the majority of all the politicians that we have. Do your job. Quit getting involved in stuff that you have not a that gum thing to do with. Do your job. Do what you are getting paid to do instead of just jet setting around everywhere. Try doing your job. If you got paid what we got paid for doing our job, I guarantee you'd get your job done in a hurry and we would be so far in the black there would never ever be a problem with going broke in this country. You know better than to set me up on a Sunday after a long week because I do have my opinion. And those are my opinions. And I thank you for the chance to air them out there. I hope somebody pays attention. I would like to see a lot of people learn something. People that think they know everything there is to know could learn from the average person that goes from month to month with their job and plan what they're going to do and when they're going to do it because they know they have to get all their eggs in in the basket and all their baskets in a row to get it done. They don't have the resources that these people that are not doing their jobs have. They don't have the free rides or anything else. So that's it. Leave history alone. 
Leave people alone trying to cause trouble all the time. Things are evening out. The problems that we had years and years ago have leveled out, almost totally gone, so now you've got to stir them up and get them going again. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Well, um, I think that, like you said, you know, it's it's dying off. Um, we're seeing a lot of changes in society, and it's going to take generations to to get it out of it. Um, I think the people that are that are causing the disturbances, they're not in it to change society; they're in it to put change in their pockets. You know, if we could if we could end racism in America, Jackson and Charlton and McKesson would be out of business. So it's in their best interest to actually perpetuate racism because once racism is gone, there's no more need for them. Thank you. That's why everybody. That's why people call them race hustlers because mm-hmm. that's what they do. They 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 put everything back to race, and that's where we started out with this, folks. You know, um, they're not in it to change society. They're in it to put money in their pockets. And, and probably like everybody that. knows that. The ambulance chasers and, I'm sorry, but Al Sharpton and his group. Yeah. yeah. There was something okay. on Facebook, and it was also mentioned on the news I just wanted to bring up real quick, and this can be something discussed at another time. Yeah. But there was a young lady in Hollywood that was shot and killed on the streets of Hollywood in California. A black man had come up behind her, and for no reason, she's walking with her boyfriend, for no reason, shot her in the head. And the question that came out of that whole incident was, where's Al Sharpton? Why isn't he up here doing something and saying something? Yeah, I, I I know I know the incident. Yeah, there was no uh, no motivations whatsoever, but it happened to be black on white crime. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get into that. We can always get into uh, you know. There's there's that. Um, there's the lady in San Francisco that got killed by uh, an illegal immigrant who had been deported five times already. Um, yeah. There was that incident here about two weeks ago. That's still in the news. Um, we can get into that in another episode of the show. Uh, but but I those are those are little things. Those are little yeah, things that I'm talking about that people don't pay attention to. Right. Okay. We're, we're okay. getting bumped up against because I'm watching the time. I'm the host. Remember? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, Closing statement. You got time for that? About two minutes. No, I've already done mine. I don't want to elaborate any more on on what. Other than be careful on the road. Please be careful on the road. Here it is definitely raining. It's not just a sprinkling. It is actually coming down. And because yeah. of the heat we have, there's going to be a lot of rubber oily rubber on the roads, and if you're not careful, you're going to spin out. So please be careful. All right. And uh, remember, folks, when it's raining, headlights and wipers. Um, some cars have headlights that, that come on, you know, when you start the car, but you actually have to turn on the lights in order to get tail lights. You know, run all of your lights, headlights, and tail lights, folks. You don't want to come up behind a car with no taillights. Anyway, um, that's it for the show. And I guess we'll be reading next week that Al Sharpton's gone after after Six Flags and, and, uh, you know, tried to get a piece of their money. As always, Lou, and uh, I will talk to you later on. And, folks, we will see you here next Sunday on Blog Talk Radio. Um, Right after the show is over here, I will go ahead and schedule our show for next Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern, right here on Block Talk Radio. I appreciate uh, appreciate your listening, and we will see you here next Sunday. Um, here's the closing theme. We're going to do our regular closing theme this week, though. Anyway, see you next Sunday, folks. Bye-bye.
again Don't know where Don't know when But I know we'll meet again Some sunny day Keep smiling through Just like you always do Don't know where Don't know where 